You know how chapter 7 leads to chapter 11? So it seems like chapter 8 leads into chapter 9 in this Mimer. Um, chapter 8, we learned yesterday about how the sense of self being self-absorbed causes there to be strife. And we concluded yesterday by saying that the um, collateral um, damage that's done to the whatever people are trying to accomplish um, is not only is it um, not considered in the face of the um, enmity um, that's growing between people, and they and they don't notice, they they, they don't con- they, they don't consider that to be more important. They've added a line; they don't even see it. It's not that they consider it to be less important than the strife. It's that they don't even know that they're what, what they're doing. So, continuing on this theme, now let's go to chapter uh, chapter nine. This is the reason. <coughs> this is reason meaning the sense of self, the sense of being self-absorbed. Yashas, this yashas, this this, this self-absorption is also the cause why hatred is born between one person and another without any reason, without any logic. Rather, what happens is, is that one person cannot tolerate the other person. And he only sees the other person in negative light. Since he sees him in a negative light, so therefore he despises and disgraces in his eyes. Not only, I'm going to send you the, what we're up to. Not only does he despise the other person, but all the good the other person does, he despises as well. It's not just he despises him, he despises all the good that he does. Because, he, because of his own self-absorption, so he looks in a negative light the other person, and all the good the other person is doing, he sees, it's disgusting to him. He will negate... And when he'll denigrate whatever that person accomplished in his Torah and his mitzvahs and his service of Hashem, to him he will he will show how this is whatever he's doing is actually um, worthless. How will he show that? He'll make reasons. He'll say the other person's <coughs> he, he, he either will say that the other person's not really learning sincerely and doubting sincerely, or he's doing it for altruistic reasons. He'll find lots of reasons why it's worthless, but the point is it's worthless. Let's step one: it's worthless. Let's ask. And we'll ask questions later. And we're not talking about someone who who offended him, someone who's never offended him. And we're not talking about that one person is is uh, conniving or thinking about how to hurt this other person. And since he's trying to hurt the other person, so he um, this, this 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 is part of the package. He has some plan to do something to someone else, and so therefore he has to like he has to like justify it. Like, for example, in time of the argument between the Chassidim and the Misnagim, time of the Rebbe, so the the Misnagim's actions towards the Chassidim, hurting them, was after they demonized them. They said that they're terrible people and they're ruining Judaism and they're whatever, whatever, and therefore their blood can be spilled. So once you, um, once you uh, um, 
if, if you have an agenda, you want to hurt someone, so then it's, an, it's natural that you start demonizing them because you have to justify to yourself why it's allowed, you're allowed to hurt them. So we're not talking about that kind of situation. We're not talking about a situation um, where the other person has hurt you, and it's not a situation um, that, that, that you want to hurt them. That's how they translate it over here. I'm not sure that... It sounds to me also that the other person's not planning to do anything to you. I'm not sure. who? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it's incorrect. And it's not that you're planning to do anything bad to him. He has done anything bad to you. You're not planning to do, planning to do anything bad to him. Everything is... And externally, it's hunky-dory. No one's trying to hurt anybody. It's just that your heart is not at ease with the other person for no reason whatsoever. Your heart, for no reason, is just not comfortable with this person. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk. Your brothers, those who hate you, have said, The Pasuk says, your brothers are the ones who hate you. What's the meaning of the word your brothers? We're not talking about actual brothers. The Ach Lashon Chibur. The word ach means, the word brother means connected. So we're talking about a situation, even a situation, we're talking about a situation where there's nothing separating these two people. There's nothing separating them. That's why we're calling them brothers, because there's nothing separating them. There's no, no one's trying to hurt the other person. No one has any agenda against the other person. And no one has done anything against the other person. So you can't say, Oh, this was caused by this. There's something else going on. There's nothing separating them. They're brothers. What the word brother means more than a physical brother. There's, they're connected. There's nothing that's, that's separating them. And yet, they still hate each other without reason. He cannot tolerate the other person. Automatically, he's not happy when the other person has good, when the other person has comfort, the other person prospers, he doesn't feel good. On the opposite, he'll be happy when the other person has bad. When the other person's suffering, he'll feel good about the other person's suffering. So not only does he not feel good for the other person's welfare, he feels good for the other person's um, suffering. If it hasn't reached such a degree, at least he won't feel bad when another person suffers. Maybe he won't feel good the other person suffers, but it won't bother him. So that's, that's where his yeshos, that's where his sense of self has brought him to, um, to disdain the other person's behavior, to, to uh, not feel good for their welfare, to feel good for their pain, or at least not to feel bad for their pain. Now that I was going to go into discussing the appropriate reaction to another person's pain. The truth is, when another person has pain, other person has a problem, it should bother you more than your own problems. Why? Why should it bother you more than your own problems? You're not the other, you're not the other person. You have the sense of self-love for yourself. So why is everybody saying that, that the truth is you should feel worse for another person's pain than your own pain? Why? 
For yourself, you can make a calculation that you deserve this pain, God forbid, because of things you've done wrong. Person who says the Talmud, who sees that God is giving him pain, he should search his deeds. And if you search your deeds, you'll find for sure reasons to justify why you're experiencing this pain. Or as the Gemara says, if you can't find any anything that you're doing, you're doing wrong, that why this, this this pain is coming upon you, why why God's telling this to you. So then there is a um, a very common mistake that everyone makes, which is to negate, to not to be careful to spend every moment studying Torah. So if you're not able to find anything that you're doing wrong, which would which would precipitate, which would cause this kind of pain, so then you could still attribute it to the fact that you're not studying Torah properly. It says that the Chavetz Chaim, in addition to saying the regular confessionary prayers that we say, he added a line. The line he said he felt so bad about this that he had to add a line to the prayers. The line was, but that we didn't, we didn't study Torah. Even though Chavetz Chaim was a Benini, uh, that's I heard that the Rabbi Ashraf said about him, uh, that he was someone who never made any mistakes, and yet, but he, he, it's such something he was so conscious of, so bothered him that he felt that that, that he wasn't um, innocent from this mistake. But so for your own mistakes, you could find reasons why you need a kapara, why you need to be, why you need an atonement, and uh, and therefore you'll, you'll and you can if and you look for that for a reason, you'll for sure find. Automatically, you won't feel bad. For your pain, you won't feel anguish. I mean, I don't think the Rebbe is saying that you're not going to, if someone pricks you with a needle, needle you're not gonna, it's not going to hurt. But there's a different kind of, of anguish that you feel when things are, um, when you feel that, that, that you're just like in a jungle. And you feel that, you're, that you're, you're, everything's going on in your life is just doesn't make any sense and you can't find any rhyme or reason to it. Imagine. The, far, the opposite kind of scenario, where you're looking at the pain in your life and you're saying, okay, I know Hashem is like a father who is cleaning his baby's diaper and his baby is, uh, is, is, has the, uh, the, the feces has already got stuck to the baby and he has to like tear, it's, it's, not, it's not easy to take it all out. And a lot of pain. So, uh, so, so, so there's, it's a lot of love of the father to the child to, to, to clean him. So in the same way, Alter says in Tanya that that's how we should look at Hashem. We experience pain to realize that the Abishter is out of his love for us, is giving us, um, is cleaning us. It's because of his love. So when you, so when you know that you've done things wrong, so it doesn't make you, um, um, it doesn't make you sad. Um, in, in chapter eleven, Agar Satchuv, Alter says it this way. He says, it says in the Torah, my sin is always in front of me. Sin's always in front of me. So he says there in Tanya doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're always upset about your sins. You're supposed to be besimcha. You're supposed to be happy. Matori says your sins are my sins are always in front of me. King David says my sins are in front of me. The word he uses is mineged. Mineged is also the word the Torah uses describing the encampment the Jewish people around Mount Sinai. They were mineged Mount Sinai. They were they were far from Mount Sinai. They weren't right next to Mount Sinai. They were a distance from Mount Sinai. So too being aware of the fact that that you made mistakes doesn't make you feel bad, makes you feel good. Why does it make you feel good? Because when someone steps on your toes, and someone hurts you, or something happens that Hashem sends to you, 
you know, okay, I've done all these mistakes in my life, and I need a kapara. I need to be cleansed. Baruch Hashem, I have this kapara. Baruch Hashem, I couldn't find this thing right now because I need a kapara. So, so when you're aware that there's, of your shortcomings, instead of getting having this reaction, this visceral reaction to 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 uh, being angry at whatever it is that caused your pain, you feel like okay, it's good. As it says there in Tanya that. With the slightest pain in this world, we're saved from so much more pain in the world to come, God forbid. Um, the Altarist says that just like when a, in order for a shadow to move an, an inch in this world, the sun has to move thousands of miles, so too, Eof, Job, Nachmanri says that all the pain of Job for 70 years is nothing compared to one hour in Gandim, And that kind of pain is averted by a slight pain in this world. Slight pain in this world, although... All the pain in this world is nothing compared to the pain of Eeyu for 70 years. Conversely, the slightest pain in this world is, is takes away all the pain in the world to come. Um, but forget about the world to come for a second. Also, um, in this world, the fact that Hashem has cleaned you from, from something that's wrong, that means your Hashem is getting cleaned. It's, 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 a, it's a good thing. So that's how you can look at your own pain. That you can look at your own pain. Baruch Hashem, I'm being cleaned from my, my sins. Baruch Hashem, I found favor in Hashem's eyes. He decided to clean me. I have a kapara. Great. Doesn't sound very yummy, Kapara, no? Okay, don't worry. Hashem is. Uh, think it'll be good. Hashem can, can clean us in much easier ways. You know, he does. He does. He can clean us without, without any. Uh, as we say in our prayers, He is merciful and He atones for our iniquities and He does not destroy His chasm. A good father, right? So, so just like your own child with a, with a diaper, right? You're gonna, you're not gonna, okay. That's regarding yourself. Regarding yourself, you could find all kinds of justifications for your pain. For another person, you cannot. You can't make the justifications. You must assume that the other person is good in every detail. Don't view another person in terms of your own experience. For sure, he's better than you. If the judge everybody from in the sight of merit, what does Alter mean when he says, "For sure, the other guy is better than you"? Alter was saying a a very uh, the Rebbe Hashab is here saying a very um, broad stroked statement. He's saying you can't judge the other person. You must think he's for sure good in every detail, and you can't judge the other person based on yourself. He's for sure better than you. Where does this come from, this, this kind of, of, of perspective? The other person is for sure better than you. Every detail that he's doing is right. What does that mean? So we, we discussed a couple of times, chapter 30 in Tanya, the author says that when the Talmud says that you should be of low spirit before, before all people, it doesn't mean that you should um, walk with a bent back and pretend to look at other people as better than But I'll, actually, it means truly, you're able to see... Um, how other people are better than you. How can they be better than you? How could every person, I mean, some people could be better than you, but why, could, why should you be low spirit before all people? So Alter bases this on the passage in Ethics of Our Fathers, don't judge another person until you're in their place. You don't know what kind of person that um, you are looking at is. You don't know what kind of challenges they have. You don't know what kind of things are going on in their life. But Alter specifically hones in on the other person's Yetzirah. You don't know what kind of Yetzirah they have. Number two, it could be also besides the kind of evil inclination that they're born with, that they, that they didn't ask for. Besides all that, another point is that um, their circumstances of life, 
you are, in, let's say, in a more, uh, you, you're not challenged in um, the kind of setup that Hashem has made for you to earn your living. You don't have to go to a place which, which is challenging for you. Other person may go to places that do challenge them. Number three, um, if you are, um, want to be honest, it could be that the other person's challenges, maybe they are challenged with, with things that to you are, are not a challenge. You, 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 to you, the kind of mistakes the other person makes are, are abhorrent. You look at those mistakes, like what, what kind of ridiculous things are other persons doing? That's how you're looking at it, because of the, 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 the perch that Hashem has placed you on. So you could see from your bird's eye view, that's, that's abhorrent. However, the other person, in order for him to contend with the kind of challenges that he has, he may really need to uh, hard-knuckle it in a way that you never have to be where he is. So for example, Atava says, you taught the other person to do what he's doing successfully, to, to resist the temptation that he has. He has to use the same kind of force and more, and more that you need to use to concentrate on your prayers. So you're concentrating on your prayers more or less, and you're like, whatever, this is an acceptable Aveira, right? Everyone does this Aveira. <laughs> so uh, the Altarab says, what are you talking about? The other person is hard-knuckling and is using all of his might in order to resist this temptation. Are you using the same kind of energy in your life when you have things that Hashem expects of you? What's the difference between if we're talking about something which is abhorrent, by your estimation, or it's something which is just another positive Mitzvah, a, what you would look at as just maybe as another another brownie point. The altar says, "Mali b'chunas v'mira, mali chinas sevitz asetev." I call him mitzvah melchakaz yachnim yuchad baruchu. What's difference? We're talking about turning away from evil. We're talking about doing good. It's all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Vis a vis, what Hashem is asking you to do, there's no difference between whether it's abhorrent or it's positive. Like we learned yesterday about Rabbi Kiva, talking about the will of Hashem. What's the difference? What's the difference? And so therefore, the Altar says, don't look at the other person's shortcomings with the prism of how low they are, how low those mistakes are. Look at it from the prism of how much effort is needed for the other person to do what they're doing, and are you using the same effort in your service of Hashem? And then the Altar goes into more, and he says, the other person, he, um, besides all the other conditions that he has, the challenges that Hashem has placed him in, and the, the kind of Yitzhahari he has, Altabah says there's another thing. The, Torah, the Talmud says that a Torah scholar, his sins that he does by accident are considered like on purpose. Versus someone who is not a Torah scholar, the sins he does on purpose are considered like accidents. Why? Because someone who is, someone who is, who is learned, who's learned to, uh, uh, knows better, so then, so then there's, so, so what's going on? The other guy doesn't know any better, so then, so then it's, even his ac- ac- accidents are... Uh, are, are uh, even as things various as on purpose are looked at in heaven as as almost as mere accidents. So, so that's why the altar says they should look at everyone better than you because you don't you because you should realize the 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 um the other person's circumstances are different than yours, and with that that you're able to judge everyone favorably. Um, there's another uh, teaching of, of other Hasidists that, that the, 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 the language that Rashab is using here, judge every person favorably, kol adam. Kol adam also can be translated, I think it's a chudush judge the whole person favorably. The whole person means, you're looking at one detail. Do you know what's going on in their life? Do you know how, who their parents were? Do you know, if you knew the whole story, then you judge them favorably. 
someone really uh, gave me a. He reacted very, very strongly to something which, which was, which was really, in my estimation, wasn't such a big deal. And then the person shared with me what's going on in their life. I'm like, wow, this, this guy is caring so much. Of course, of course, he he looks at what I think is a feather as a as a as a dagger. So we, we really don't know what's going on in the person's life. Automatically, if to have terrible pain for the pain of another person and the other person's Hashem preserve us, other person's going through pain, the correct response, the right response is to feel bad, terribly, for the other person's pain. And to pray for that person. And it should, it should change. The right reaction is another person going through pain is that you have pain. And not just you have pain, but it, it affects what you're doing, affects what you're, what you're thinking, affects what you pray about. When you're spending time diving the Abishter, you're thinking, Hashem, please help this person. And if you do know that this other person is doing something wrong, and he needs to hear something, he's going in the wrong direction. So, you, so that's, not, that's not a contradiction to everything we're saying. That only means, that privately, you should try to share with them what the issues are. And, and rebuke them for their misdeeds. And through this other person will do tshuva, and Hashem will have mercy on him, and Hashem's anger will, will subside from him. Uh, but uh, the, the, that's what the Rebbe Hashab says to do. And the Rebbe said that there are a lot of preconditions to this. The other person who you want to rebuke for their misdeeds have to be uh, looking at you like their father. And therefore, they're ready to hear that from you. Could be your own children will look at you like their father, <laughs> right? As it says in the Talmud, before Mashiach comes, uh, Ben come of if that there is this resistance of children against their parents right before Mashiach comes. So, chutzpah is arrogance, right? So anyway, so so and 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 uh, besides the um, all the preconditions that were needed in previous generations as well, before giving someone something negative, you have to really make sure that you're you're you're. It says in Hayom Yom. Um, before the Pasuk says, rebuke your neighbor, it says, don't hate your brother in your heart. If you really care for the person, and you're saying it to the person, words out of love, then there's a chance they'll be, be successful. But even that, Rebbe says, in last for bringing the Gay, Rebbe said that you really have to think before you say to another person another negative thing. Do, do they look at you? Do they want to hear that from you? If there's something positive, you could share it with them. Something negative, it's um, it's unlikely. It's unlikely that you're going to really um, hit home with 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 words of rebuke. But but either way, um, in that rare scenario where you can and it works, there Rashab says that's not that you're 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 not supposed to tell them to them in, in public. That's when you tell them privately. However, when you don't feel bad for the person's pain. Much more so if you feel good, you feel happy, you feel gratified. The other person's having is suffering. Where is that coming from? It's because you hate the other person. Because you hate him for no reason. That's why you feel good when that person has pain. Kids, in short, what we learned today is this. It's a senseless hatred that causes us to not participate in another person's joy 
not to participate in another person's pain. For your own pain, you could find a reason why this is happening to you. However, for another person suffering, you cannot justify it. Why? If the judge on the person on the side of merit, and therefore you can't justify their pain. So, um, the reason why we resist from participating in another person's joy, or, or the reason why we're okay with another person's pain, or worse, that we're happy with another person's pain, is all because of the same cause that Rashab says, it's yeshus. It's because we're, we're in, into ourselves, we're self-absorbed, that's why we, um, that's why we lose this uh, sensitivity. Any questions? It's a big wheelbarrow to put in front of us. What do you mean? Well, you know, wheelbarrow, you have to carry all your possessions in the front, you know. Yeah. And these are all the moral guidelines that you're giving us. They all go in our wheelbarrow, they all go in our conscious, you know. You have to put that in front of us, right behind us. Right. Yeah, Daniel. Would you, uh, Rabbi, like, in your opinion, describe this kind of same phenomenon as as what goes on like between the different groups of Jews, like you know, Ashkenazim, discuss it tomorrow, next chapter about about um, um, about specifically the, by those who serve Hashem. Uh, as we'll see tomorrow, there's a a unique kind of of discord that everyone has um, builds for themselves a uh, altar of uh, idolatry but they place themselves on a pedestal and they say look at me and therefore they look at low the other person and everyone is like no it has to be my way but um, ultimately um, even after Mashiach comes there's going to be Ashkenazim and Sephardim different customs it's not, it's not, it's not a bad thing Hashem wants it to be color Hashem made there to be 12 tribes he made there to be one tribe he wants 12 tribes so Hashem wants the customs of all the Jewish people and that's beautiful. And they were supposed to all learn from each other and contribute to each other. Um, but the issue is not the uh, Ashkenazim and the Sephardim. The issue is, is the discord between Ashkenazim and the Sephardim. And, uh, elite. Elite? Elite means the elite. The elite. The elite. The people put themselves like in the, We're the best. In the bubble, like elite. So the, the other people are, you know. Uh, they're, really, they're not really real people. They're just. Uh, it's happening in Israel, obviously. Yeah, it's happening in America, too. Yeah. yeah. It's happening it's in our shul, too. It's happening in ourselves, yeah, too. Sure. That's a, you want to hear the last first couple of classes. Their brush I was talking to each of us. He's not, he's not talking about across the ocean. It's also happening in Israel, but it's also happening in ourselves. Everything about that we're learning has something to do with us. It's not, it's not, it's not for someone else. If you look for it, we'll find it. But it's there. No, I mean is that this 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 idea of senseless hatred to other people. Do we really feel bad when another person has pain? Do you really feel bad? Do you really feel good when another person has good? So 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 that's what I was talking about. Do you joy for another person? It's easy to feel bad on other person's pain, but to feel good for their joy is a lot harder. 
So the, the, the Abishab is raising the bar over here. He's not saying something which is which everyone does this and you're just the odd man out, like you're the guy who's above it. No, this, this is a very clear message over here. Feeling other person's pain and feeling bad for them more than you feel bad for your own pain. That's, that's, he's, he's really raising the bar of the, uh, of the wheelbarrow. L'chaim.